0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to fritolasnacket.espionation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. of Stakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of fifty-two coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at fritolasnacket.espionation.com. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age?
1: all right welcome on back to another edition of the baltimore beatdown podcast it is thursday night 8 20 p.m my name is jake luke and i'm joined on my screen by spencer nathaniel schultz how is it going pal
0: Going well. Just had a nice little pasta dinner, and uh, ran through me like Mount Vesuvius. The fall of Rome has uh, the fall of Roman has come upon us in the uh, the Joaquin Phoenix of Greg Roman, the uh, the gladiator of Lamar Jackson. I suppose the, the two opposing forces has met much of the fan base views it. Roman is gone. The Ravens parted ways, and it felt like, to me, that was like a courtesy of like, yeah, well, you know, they're not going to be like, yeah, we fire, we can this guy. But, you know, they probably were like, mm, yeah, you know, it was fun. It was a great couple, great year and a half, and then a lot of bumps in the road. And I'm sure they appreciate what they got out of Greg Roman in many ways, as they indicated throughout the press conference today. But I don't know. My book goes down probably second-best offensive coordinator of all time behind one Mr. Gary Kubiak, the one-year of wonder all time. himself. Ravens coordinator. Yeah. I All mean, time. that's,
1: uh, I was going to say, I mean, I know you, you like the guy more than most, but that's, that's put some pretty high praise.
0: Second best Ravens coordinator. Sure. Uh, offensive coordinator. He might be, he might be the best. Kubiak was great, but it was like, it was one year. It was and- one, it was,
1: yeah, it was one year. And, you know, he went off, he said that he was going to stay. And then I don't blame him because the Broncos was like his, his dream job, but then he leaves. And I don't know. They at least got, they got a great year out of Roman. I think they got a good year out of him in 2020 on balance. you know, Maybe it fell off a little bit second half of 21 and then was not great for much of this year. But I, I don't know. I think you can make a case that he's the best.
0: I, uh, I would definitely hear that out. But things went awry. Obviously, the Ravens had so many injuries, and it's a, a shame. We never really got to see a healthy iteration of what happened in 2019 again after the Ravens ran for 200 yards and passed for 200 yards per game, the only team in NFL history to do that. Set all those records, yada, 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 so on and so forth. You guys know the deal. I think uh, that in what John Harbaugh wants to do, I don't know how much better it will get. And I think we'll, we'll get to this press conference and some of those things, but I think there there is room for improvement. There is room for being more balanced, but – uh, and we have a good comment here from one Mark in the chat. He said, the Roman evaluation is incomplete until we see Lamar in another system. And and I get that to a degree as well, but it's like, what does John Harbaugh want to do? And what is, what is his press conference today? They get into a little bit offensive philosophy. He said, we have our identity and it's been what John has wanted to do for 15 years. He wants to run the ball and throw play action off of it. And then have a little bit of a drop back game that they can go to when things go awry or in third and long. And that was pretty much his comments today. So, um, I think a lot of people are going to look to the Eagles. I think a lot of people are going to look to the Eagles on what they want to do, spreading out a little bit more, using a little bit more 11 personnel, uh, things of that nature. And I do think that Roman is, you know, one of the constants through his 10 years across three different NFL teams that he's going to use more 12 and 21 and 22 than anyone else is. So things will probably return to the norm in that sense. And, We're on to the next one. We are excited to, I guess, have that content. We'll get another one at some point, get some fun introductory press conference at some point. I would imagine that takes place today as we're recording is Thursday, January 19th. Ravens announced Mike McDonald on the 27th of January. I would imagine that they have to act pretty swiftly. There are 10 NFL teams as things stand with a vacant offensive coordinator position. And as teams get eliminated this weekend and the following weekend, that number could grow. So that could very well come close to you know a third or almost half of the NFL looking to fill an offensive void, and teams are going to go pick from McVeigh and Shanahan and the Eagles and um, sounds like you know Frank Reich plus some of his disciples. There's guys like uh, Pat Shermer mumbling around things of that nature. So curious to see where this all falls, but I'm uh, excited. I think it's going to be a, a good turn of the page. I do think that. It does somewhat indicate that the Ravens are going to at least give it the old college try with Lamar Jackson to get him re-signed. Because to me, if that's not really the plan, I would rather keep a ton of continuity around the building and in that scheme. And if you're going to go the rookie quarterback route, I would be livid if they were to trade Lamar Jackson and end up with a Derek Carr or a Carson Wentz or one of those boneheads and... That would suck, and I, I would rather see a rookie quarterback swing for the fences in that sense. You know, maximize what you can do on the rest of the roster through through having that further flexibility than Derek Carr's contract or something like that. And if they were going to go that route, I think again continuity would be the way to go. So to me, that says that they are going to try and really uh, push over the next three, four months, I guess really almost six months months—and up until that mid-July deadline when they can no longer negotiate with Lamar Jackson to get things done. So it was uh, an eventful day, and Roman kind of getting put out before that press conference, I guess it was a nice way of getting ahead of it and letting him do it on his own accord and all those kinds of things. The Ravens do treat their coaches with ton of respect and class and all that good stuff. So it was uh, an eventful day.
1: Yeah, that was, I think, really the right move to announce it before the press conference. I actually, to get into all that, I tweeted this morning, like, hey, if you're going to do this thing, like, that's fine if you don't want to bring it up at the press conference or whatever. You don't want to, like, talk about it, which I wasn't really expecting them to. Uh, But it's time to get rolling here. Like you said, there's nine other teams that are going to be looking for coordinators, potentially more. We'll see what happens with the rest of the playoffs. And uh, yeah, I was getting a little worried there um, for a minute, but they let him go ultimately. Uh, It is, you know, the right move. We've been saying for weeks that it's just time. And yeah, they treated him with the ultimate respect. So it was a, it was a great tenure uh, or a good tenure overall. And uh, it was time. And, you know, some of these candidates I think are interesting. Reich intrigues me. Uh, I don't really know like a whole lot about him, but you look at what he did with Wentz in his MVP year. And you got to like that, obviously. Slowick on the 49ers appears to be the next Shani sort of guy that people are touting. So, you know, that's going to be, tingling me down in the uh, down in that area. Um, and then, yeah, you know, a couple of names that uh, to keep an eye on Byron Leftwich getting fired down in Tampa Bay. We're just gonna have to see what happens here. I think it's gonna be like you said, a very interesting couple weeks.
0: We got Joe Brady floating around up in Buffalo. Bill's quarterbacks coach. Um, Patullo, another guy on the Eagles staff, their pass game coordinator, someone that I would take a look at. You mentioned Slowik. Uh, the Robinson from the Ram staff is getting some some buzz and all those kinds of things. But I mean, I just can't help but fight the overwhelming sense that Anthony Lynn and the Ravens are destined for each other.
1: i, uh, I do you remember when i do you remember when I tweeted about that a couple years ago? I think so. Yeah. And when and this was when Roman was getting like head coaching buzz. I was like, Anthony Lynn, you know, they spent some time in Buffalo. I went back and found it. I was like, yeah, they spent time in Buffalo together. Like he probably knows the system. he would be a good fit. You were you were just kind of crapping all over it. I thought it was funny. And now here we are. And I, uh, I mean
0: I absolutely hate it and still will shit all over it. And yeah. don't want that to be to happen. The re I think that is a strong possibility. I would imagine that John Harbaugh and Anthony Lynn see things the same way. That is my premonition. That they they see it in simpatico so
1: and he played uh, with bobby humphrey so you got a you got a nepo baby connection there
0: sure sure so we'll see what happens it has been outside of the the family lines rarely in baltimore and in john harbaugh's tenure i thought matt weiss was another really viable <laughs> candidate and then he ends up getting a computer misconduct
1: computer access crime
0: computer access crime which apparently is hacking and I've been trying to like read message boards and stuff, going back to the old college football team message boards. People think he was trying to change grades, or think he was trying to steal something. I I, I don't know what the hell's going on with with that. So very perplexed up there. Uh, he has a pretty hefty salary, from the sound of it, as well up at Michigan. Seems like he's been living the good life up there. But he would most certainly be a Harbaugh guy. Harbaugh schooled for almost 15 years from 2009 through this season with one of the Harbaugh's. So to me, I think that it feels like Stevie boy stepped in. It feels like Steve and Eric a little bit. And and again, in the same sense of maybe wanting to, to change things up coming from beyond John might've been to the point where it's like, John, we love you, but you gotta bring somebody in from outside. We can't keep doing this stuff. If Bashadi is going to dish out, however much put, however much an escrow, you know, a fifth of a billion dollars, whatever it ends up being, if that's what transpires, they probably want to have a more quarterback prominent ecosystem in their offense and feature the run game in a little bit of a different way. So um, you need your quarterback to be able to, to really be the, the driving piece if you're going to pay him that much money. It can't be that you pay him that way and don't dictate football games living and dying with him quite as much. And and I think that the Ravens did that in ways with Lamar Jackson and Greg Roman's tenure, but I think that if you're making that long-term commitment, you want to open up things in a little bit of a different way, spread things out for him, get guys out of the box, which can, I think, in turn, you know, math-wise, reduce hits, regardless of whether he's running or not. If there's more space, things are a little more spread out might be able to to limit some of the wear and tear he takes and I think
1: anecdotally too like and with all the Eagles buzz like it feels like that just watching them like I said it feels like that opens up the run game a little bit for them in some ways with their shotgun runs and then they spread everybody out and they do like uh Hurts doing the QB draws and stuff like that um I don't know it just feels like that could be a good way to facilitate some developments in the run game too
0: yeah I I kind of feel like the Eagles still still don't quite ask a ton of Jalen Hurts in ways and and they really, truly, like, and we'll see, and maybe I'm an idiot, but it's kind of hard to mess that offense up. I mean, you've got two Hall of Fame offensive linemen. You've got two Pro Bowl offensive linemen. You've got a uh, elite, borderline elite X on-ball receiver. You've got a Heisman winner, flanker, that can play X for you and did last year and can go in the slot. Miles Sanders is nothing to sneeze at. They've got Dallas Goddard, who's a really balanced tight end, like, It kind of needs you kind of need a chimpanzee running the show to fuck that one up a little bit. And that's kind of
1: where all this offensive coordinator crap is always sort of like graded on me a little bit in some ways. And like I totally get being frustrated with Roman, but like and again, not to get into the everybody's hurt thing. They certainly have not done enough at wide receiver, but it's like you look at what Roman was given with in this past game in certain points. And it's like, man, what was he supposed to do here? Like, it's just not it falls on the front office to me a little bit.
0: Yeah, it kind of feels like they asked for but, you know, your boss asks, you know, hey, budget cuts are coming up. What can you do without? And kind of is like, can you do without, you know, marketing? And in this sense, marketing was wide receiver play. And it was like, yeah, sure, you know, we can we can sign some tight ends and, you know, draft a running back, give Gus a cheap extension and and fuck around and draft a receiver. Um, I think just really the grand thing was that if you want to have if you want to be able to deal with the market inefficiency, if you want to look at it and say, okay, we think that receivers are getting overpaid and overvalued. We're not willing to part with a first-round pick. We don't want to pay $25 million for one. We don't think in our vision of football, or really what the Ravens have ever been, we're going to get $25 million of play out of them. We're going to go the cheap route and go through the draft. Well, the part about that is that you have to hit in the draft, and you have to have someone who's talented, capable, and actually on the football field. So they haven't really been able to get that part of it right. Um, and, and that's where it comes back to, and I, I was starting to type up an article and it feels like it's gotten behind me a little bit, but uh, the title of the article was going to be stubborn, smart, and at a crossroads. How Do the Baltimore Ravens proceed offensively? And it's that exactly that it's the combination of, Hey, we're so damn smart and we're so stubborn. We're going to stick to our path. And it sounds like reporters were starting to poke and prod a little bit to gets to get to the point in this press conference where he's like, I, I know what the fans want. So, um, receiver still is white whale. Like, it's it's this entire fan base is white whale. Everybody just wants to see that 1,300 yard receiver that is you know making one handed grabs and doing some kind of fun young dance in the end zone and all that kind of stuff. So uh, that's that's what everybody wants. Everybody wants to see Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and uh, Ceedee Lamb and all these young exciting guys, AJ Brown in the Ravens offense, and they fucking drafted Hollywood Brown instead of a couple of those guys. So there you are.
1: Yeah, I mean, and not for nothing. They had a guy score 50 plus yard touchdowns for the first four, the first two weeks of this season. And uh, he had a couple other nice games and then goes on the shelf. And then he comes off the shelf and he came off the shelf too early and then he went back on the shelf. And that's just really disappointing. Goes back to the health thing. People are tired of hearing it, but. Yeah, make another investment, make Rashad Bateman's job easier next year, make Devin Duvernay's job easier next year. Like just figure it out in some way. It's
0: like just get great. it. Great, a great comment here from Snappy Tofu. What are we happier about? Greg Roman leaving or the disappearance of Greg Roman discourse. Easily the latter. Easily the latter. For us, for me, for me personally for sure. Happy to not have to uh to way whether I should make people start flipping out if I'm going to say no one knows what the fuck they're talking about pro style offense today was the big one what the fuck is a pro style offense hmm well at Louisville Lamar Jackson never was under center and they ran a ton of options so neither of those are a pro style offense what is a pro style offense I was joking about that with Emery Hunt who was the one that kind of got Lamar to to retweet, retweet that entire thing so uh, for the record, to put it out there in the universe, a couple of people saying, well, you don't know what it is. Pro style offense means that you ask your quarterback to make full field reads, go through a full progression and feel comfortable in pro style passing concepts, meaning advanced passing concepts. The the discourse of that, and it did used to mean under center. In the 80s, it used to mean under center, full back, eye, single back, all that good stuff. That's not what it means anymore. Uh, most teams are, are operating out of shotgun at a pretty high clip. Look at the Bengals. The Bengals run a pro style offense and are pretty much exclusively in shotgun. So uh, we can put that one to bed as well. With with the that can get thrown in the the Baltimore Ravens. Greg Roman coffin there and locked up.
1: Yeah. No. It's uh, the discourse has been. Man, it's just been one of those things that kind of dragged me down last season. It wasn't really at the top of the list, but it just got so it, it got to a certain point where I was just tired of hearing about it. And uh, yeah, I think it'll just be better for both of them. And uh, yeah, like we said, they did it the right way. So he'll be able to pursue other opportunities and hopefully, you know, he does well elsewhere. But yeah, glad he's gone. Glad the discourse is going more so. And uh, yeah.
0: Well, with that, I think uh, we can get into the mailbag here, have a full dump on instagram and i'll get into it so we got t Propes 63 no relation no relation no relation to mr jeff probes oc wish list again i do kind of poo poo on the the eagles a little bit but brian johnson makes a ton of sense guy's been at utah and florida and had success in those avenues and i think being able to be with sirianni and be with some of the guys up there and, and understand that iteration of football. I think that it would be an easy continuation in John Harbaugh's wheelhouse. And that was the words from John Harbaugh were that we're really open to someone else's interpretation of the way that we want to do things in a way. So it's like, they're not going to turn into the chiefs and throw the ball 80% of the time in neutral downs. They don't believe in that as long as Harbaugh's here, that's going to be the, the next, I guess, grand voyage So he's the guy that I'm really looking at. I mean, Frank Reich. I kind of think Frank Reich is a little bit of a coattail of Doug Peterson in my own humble opinion, but many, many people speak highly of him. People smarter than me speak extremely highly of him. Uh, I think he gets some credit for being on a really good staff and some of those things, but the Colts team seemed to rally around him and yada, yada, yada. I'm, I'm not exactly an expert, but it is the pro style stuff. It is all of those reads. It could probably help simplify things for Lamar Jackson a little bit in the past game, as opposed to putting so much pressure on him. So he's another one. And then I, I think mean, a good,
1: like a, I think a good young Doug Peterson ripoff option would be press Taylor. Um, who's kind of been following him around a little bit. He was with the, I think he actually came up with the Philly special when they were in Philly. Um, and he's been following him around a little bit. So if you want to go that route, he might be a good option. Cause I think he's in like his mid thirties still.
0: He is. I think he's probably 35, 36, um, somewhere in that range. And yeah, he's the, the Jags offensive coordinator right now, but, um, I, almost oh, I thought feel he like was like press... the quarterback
1: coach. Yeah. He's probably not going to do a lateral move then. I'm sorry. I thought he was, uh, yeah, I thought he was like their QB coach or something. So I guess he wouldn't do a lateral move.
0: He could view that. And I was kind of wrong. Someone was DMing me and was like Eric Bieniemy, And I was like, I don't think he's going to make a lateral move. And then he's immediately interviewing for OC positions. Um, so that one, I a guess in that growing. system,
1: like you have Andy, I guess Andy calls the plays and maybe Doug calls the plays. So maybe it's a situation where it's like, I'm the coordinator, but I'm not calling the plays. Maybe I could go. Andy somewhere.
0: has not called the plays. I don't think in like two years. Okay. I think he just is involved in the, the thought and is on the radio and is in communication. And from my understanding, they get on the channel. T- like there's the quarterback open channel. Then there's like the closed channel, which is them and like their past game coordinator and one other person. So I think Biennemi has had some free reign. Um, I don't think the Ravens are going to go after Bien-Aimé, Uh, maybe, but I, I do like Brian Johnson a lot. I like Reich Slowick, and I do like the mention of Press Taylor. To me, Press Taylor, and again, this is all speculative, but Press Taylor, him being under Doug Peterson versus him being the play caller of the Ravens and having a lot more autonomy would be a different scenario but it's just hard to predict if guys are going to make moves like that. Like the Vikings OC is going to stay with Kevin O'Connell. He declined. It feels like those guys go jump to head coach. When you're an offensive guy, you have such a more clear path to being a head coach. So I I think they can kind of milk through that a little bit, have one more big year with them, and and get after it a little bit. But um, those guys all come to mind. Slowick, yeah. I mean, we would love a Shanahan guy just simply for the aesthetic of it and simply for the – He's the
1: people. Guess what? People were wrong about the let's hire Sean McVay's best friend. Let me, let me, let me tell you something. My guy, Shani has all the best, best friends and it's he's the bear.
0: he's the real core of McVay. It comes from Shanahan.
1: Yeah, exactly. They learn was, together. is just McVay like,
0: was Shanahan's little bitch. If you haven't listened, go listen to, uh, Flying, flying coach, coach with yeah. Peter Schra- Schrager and Sean McVay, which I do love, even though I hate Sean McVay.
1: You love Shra- you love Schrager though, the guy with the face. I hate
0: Schrager now. I have completely 180 on Schrager. Schrager has turned into a, a absolute puppet in the last like two years. I'm off of Peter Schrager. I love Peter, him. you've changed. I love him, but. He's, he's the guy with the face.
1: He's the guy with the face. I know. Yeah, that's, the guy with the face. I, I still don't understand what that means, but I love it every time. Yes, you, say you it.
0: do. Peter Schrager's got a got a face on him. He, he's, you look at that guy. You're like, this. What is this guy's face doing to my face? Listen,
1: he's a Ravens sympathetic voice in the national media. I will always support that.
0: My my wife from Baltimore. Oh, oh, oh Anyone
1: anyone who talks about Reisterstown Road on national TV, that's that's my guy.
0: All right, sure, you can have that one, but I digress. McVeigh was a Shanahan's little bitch, so. McVeigh, everything you can go listen to them on that. It's a really cool listen from last summer. I think it's still super on point considering it's a year old. And it was interesting listening to Zach Taylor's press uh, interview on that before the Bengals had a really big year. I was like, this guy's done based on that listen. And then, nope, not at all. They win <laughs> the AFC. So, anyway, um, I think that those guys, man, but uh, it's just what does Harbaugh usually do? He usually goes after former head coaches that he doesn't feel super threatened by and guys that have coached with him and his brother and at this point it's like we can play the game of naming 80 different coaches that we think would sound good but it's got to be somebody that is going to buy in and and come and run a tight ship and it's uh I don't know a little little different the Ravens are a weird spot and I think Harbaugh got to the point where he, they said you know what a, without Lamar Jackson being locked up long term you know is it going to be hard to find an offensive coordinator and he like scoffed at that he's like no like what say what you want about the Ravens, but their coaches and their front office are still highly sought after. They get poached all the time. Everybody is always interviewing them. And over time they, they leak out. So I agree, but it
1: wouldn't be like, it wouldn't be an off season press conference. If John isn't like bristling at something and like, he almost got all the way through it, but without like, without having that, but that was the one that I picked up on. It was like, yep, there we go.
0: The, the, Owings Mills Country Club is still holding their noses up in some way at all times. Yep. So, um, OC wish list, I mean we'll get we'll get into it, but again, Slowek would be very nice. Brian Johnson's an intriguing name to me, someone who's been around Florida and Utah and had success. Any
1: concerns on the fact that he is the Liver King?
0: No, I think that would be great for Marlon Humphrey.
1: Yeah, it's actually well, I don't know if it would be good for him. He might get too lost in his uh
0: Yeah, Marlon Marlon's off the sauce. He's he's off the sauce there. Uh, Alex Raven seven priorities for non Lamar Jackson Ravens free agents. I don't know that I feel any type of way about any of them. I think Justin Houston and Claes Campbell are two guys that, well, I guess Campbell's not even a free agent. He just, he has another year left. So really just Justin Houston, if he's going to play again for super cheap, like I would imagine the Ravens are probably going to exercise. I'm not sure if they can back to back years, but if they can exercise that same tag on him, then go for it um they touched on ben powers and basically said he's like the most improved player and he did get to a point of being so consistently maximizing every ounce of athleticism that he has in his body through consistent fundamental technique uh i think they kind of said they're were like we're happy for him we think he's gonna get paid and i think ben cleveland to me ben cleveland kind of was slotted to fill in after Zeitler at right guard. I think that was a little bit of the plan and, and then go find someone else. But I trust the Ravens to be able to find a guard that uh, can go play some left guard. So it's uh nothing super high priority to me overall. None of them really go too crazy for me. Marcus Peters is the other one. Nice to have him back, but doesn't feel like someone that you really want to pay a lot of money. Like you don't want to pay him impact money. He's the,
1: he's, it's interesting because they play the same position. It feels like he's ripe for like a Jimmy Smith situation. Like I don't want to go anywhere else. Just, you know, bring me back.
0: He's able to milk that nice spot. We got Mark in the comments. I want a mobile guard to run zone left. Yeah. It would be nice to have someone that does have a little more athleticism than Ben powers, but turned himself into something really nice in this system. Definitely maximize himself. It's hard. It's hard to have
1: like all five positions on the offensive line and like have even one of them not be a question mark. If that makes sense. Like, you're good at left tackle you're good at center you're good at right guard ostensibly we'll see what happens if Zeitler you know if he's gonna stick around you
0: got I feel good about Cleveland behind Zeitler anyway
1: yeah and you got Moses I mean you're fine at all those four positions I it'd be great to like have a starting caliber left guard slotted right now but it's just hard to have all five at once
0: yeah and you can find a third fourth contract guy in free agency that can come in and be a pro for you and, and be in good shape Ryan J. Laurie, if you were the GM, what would you offer Jackson? How much guaranteed? I don't even know at this point. Like, I floated kind of like the six year, 270 million range with, you know, 200 million guaranteed. I would really love to see them get him. The longer the deal is, the more flexibility you have. But it feels like that's at a little bit of an impasse. So I don't know. Um, I don't really. There's some people that swear still to God that the the 12% cap mark, 12.5% cap mark, no quarterback has ever won a Super Bowl with 12.5% of the cap hit in that season. Um, still swear by that. I think the Deshaun Watson deal was good for the players, not good for the Browns to maximize winning. It's especially trading picks on top of it. So the more you pay for one player, the more you're dependent on that player. Um, I don't know but at the same time you know what would you give to have someone that was near lamar jackson's level of play when you're in the afc if you do want to do the compete every year thing contend every year see if you can make a run at some point in the next couple of years well you're gonna to have to beat joe burrow and josh allen and patrick mahomes and justin herbert and trevor lawrence and all of these guys so Whatever that number is, I guess you know, probably 215 million. My guess, my best guess on what it would take would be about 215 million guaranteed over a five-year period, and that's going to press you up pretty tight. You've already paid a lot of players. The Ravens, as Eric Takasa said, he says they he thinks they have about the second most extensions over the last couple of years, and it's tight. But you're going to end up going if you have to going to quarterback purgatory versus not as a fan, like nobody wants to see quarterback purgatory. It would, it ends up being right in your face. The best case scenario, you're the Seahawks or the Steelers and right around that nine, 10 win Mark banging around, beating bad teams and hoping you can beat a couple good teams. If not, then you're in the gutter and people are getting fired and you look like shit.
1: Yeah. I mean, Marcus Spears, I think had a, he came out and said something about Mortensen reporting that they had offered, I think, six years, 133 guaranteed at signing, 200 guaranteed for playing, 275 over the life of it from what I'm seeing here. So, I mean, I would have been fine with that if you want to bump that up to 215. It's like, let's fucking meet in the middle here and get this thing done, you know? And that's
0: the thing. That that was what DeCosta's comments were today. He was like, "It." the first thing he said was, it takes two to tango, which I think isn't just... I don't know. I'm reading into it too much maybe, but to me that's not bullshit. And you hear meat in the middle. At some point, there has to be some sort of compromise. The Ravens, again, they're smart and they're stubborn equally. They don't want to feel like they got taken to the cleaners.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, for Lamar's sake, like if, you know, you want to go somewhere else, you can go somewhere else. But, I mean, I think this has been a good spot for you and, uh, you know, maybe come off that that fully guaranteed number a little bit and, uh, you know, just make... Make them happy, they'll make you happy, and we can all just move forward and leave this thing behind.
0: The other interesting comment was that DaCosta referenced that basically there was no option for Joe Flacco to get the franchise tag because they didn't have the cap space, so that was them getting taken to the cleaners. They gave him a NFL record deal at the time because they had no other option. It was like, well, shit, we can't tag him. He's going to be a free agent. We have to pay him whatever he wants. And not having that flexibility bit them. Matt Miz, rank the cheese at flavors spicy, cheddar jack, four cheese, white cheddar, and OG. I'm going to go OG, then white cheddar. Actually, excuse me. I'm going to go spicy, then OG, then white cheddar, then cheddar jack, then four cheese.
1: I think I might go white cheddar one. I'd go OG two. Let me, where did he put the?
0: We got spicy, cheddar jack, four cheese, white cheddar, and OG.
1: Alright, so it's White Cheddar one, OG two, pepper jack
0: three, and then the other one I'm not familiar with. Spicy and spicy. Four yeah. There we go. Seth Surf and Nerf. Who do you see as the potential candidates? We already did that one. Favorite internal and external. I, I I don't want anyone on the Ravens staff to be the Ravens offensive coordinator. I don't
1: I'm seeing a lot, I'm seeing a lot of that, and it's a lot of the same people that were really riding this T Martin thing into the ground, which is which is fun.
0: One of the most random obsessions of of Ravens Twitter ever is T. Martin being offensive coordinator. Dante Yates, with Greg Roman being gone, do you see Pancake Pat making the roster next year? Uh, I think yes. I think they signed him to that deal because like, they like him as a special teamer. They like him as a utility. They li- I think they like his work ethic. I think they like the story of it. Let's see. If they were to cut Pat Ricard with a post-June 1 designation, the Ravens would save $2.7 million and they would incur 1.15 dead. So let's say if they have to franchise Lamar, maybe and they're like really scraping by but I just don't see Lamar playing on that franchise tag. I don't see him wanting to and I don't see them They shouldn't want that either.
1: I mean, it's we can't do another year of this limbo thing. Like it's this year or nothing.
0: That's what you want.
1: Yes. And that's the thing. That is the smart way of looking at it. And they're smart we, in the front office.
0: We, in this case, is you, which means I.
1: Yeah, exactly. And guess what? In the front office, they get that too. They're smart people. They get it. We're going to figure it out one way or the other. We're not doing this again. It's just not. We, we can't. I can't do another year like this. I can't do it.
0: Jake is very beat up and tired from this season.
1: Yes, I feel like fucking I'm in a Cormac McCarthy novel. Let's just move forward from this thing. Like, just put me out of my misery or ascend me into heaven.
0: Katruba, assuming that getting nuked is out of the question, what's the path to victory in the wide receiver room? I've been thinking about Juju Smith-Schuster won't stop popping into my head. Like, will not stop popping into my head. It, It just makes sense. Someone who can move the fucking chains, you can... Get a little bit more out of him than you can out of a tight end, or things of that nature. Um, durable, durable player. Save a collarbone or whatever he had. Um, Juju, Juju. I, I now that he like has the taste of the Steelers out of his mouth as well. Like that's that's gone. No one thinks of him as. Yeah, a I love anywhere. that. I love
1: that loyalty that he showed to the Steelers. That really that wound up going really well
0: for him. What an idiot! So uh, that's who who keeps coming to mind for me. This is the thing we need to think about. The Ravens have Bateman, who is the only player that you can isolate as an X on the ball and ask them to go win when you get those man looks. You can't have him be the only guy on the roster. So they either need a mid-level veteran, and we'll get into that once those come and happen and there might be some cuts and whatever else, Keenan Allen, you know, whatever. Even though that's even not Keenan Allen necessarily, kind of does those things a little bit. So you need someone else that can do that slot receiver wise i mean duvernay is a fine receiver but i think you need someone that can really just break it off a little bit more and then you need a z that speed element so having those three elements you need someone that can move the chains over the middle of the field let's call that a juju or a jacoby myers then hope on bateman maybe you see a cedric till we're gonna get in the draft but a guy that you know what's my whistle a little bit It's Cedric Tillman out of Tennessee. He's a big boy that can go win a little bit for you. You know, people talk about Alan Lazard. Uh, uh, I feel like if you're not getting a ton out of him in green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, and he's a, kind of the top guy, I don't know that you're going to get much elsewhere, but uh, veterans and young players, like that's it. The, the answer is to continue the trek of, bringing in more players and making sure that they're professional level players, not some dilly dally James crochet. We hope our sixth round pick turns into something that he hasn't turned into yet stuff and get that poor kid out of here. Get James, Pro- trade him to the Texans. Let him, let him go elsewhere. Yeah. It's wave him to the Texans. Let the Texans claim him.
1: Yeah. He's, he's gotta be gone. I, I just, you talk, you talk about your Ted Lasso curse. I mean, that guy is like the living totem for that at this point.
0: hundred percent um do you think the ravens draft receiver or bringing a star i don't know those ones are a little general wool we'll, we'll we'll break those down later once we kind of get a better feel for this offseason and who's going where and all that good stuff cliff kingsbury for offensive coordinator i hate cliff kingsbury's offense i fucking hate cliff kingsbury's offense uh, we, uh, he got that job because they think he's a quarterback, basically because patrick mahomes was his quarterback at texas tech that led to cliff kingsbury being offensive
1: coordinator johnny football
0: Yes. Oh, yeah. That was huge. All the time Johnny Menzel spent playing, actually playing, right?
1: <laughs> He's a hot dude. He's older. You, you got to factor that in. I mean... Yeah,
0: those are the... the, 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 good, the had good college quarterbacks. The,
1: the pool at the Fells Point Lifetime, I mean, you, you better it's, watch out.
0: It's a, it's a merit. It's a merit. Z Yeah. You're what right. led to O.A.'s impressive last few games... Uh, I think kicking him inside a good bit. I think he started to like those matchups. And I don't know, he just fucking turned it on a little bit, man. Started getting after. I think he started playing with power and trying to play through offensive tackles. And again, it was a lot of overrushing. It was a lot of him trying to win explosively and not just kind of playing into the pocket and seeing if the quarterback will kind of get into your arm's length and being able to get to him. So I think controlling his rush a little bit more so.
1: Yeah, I think he's worked harder. That's the way I look at it.
0: Yeah, ate some... Wheaties D lock five twenty. If the Ravens chose an in-house guy for OCD really see improvement. I don't think anyone wants that. Let's, let's go with no, let's shoot that one down. Dante Yates. What would you guys rank the top five positions of need going into the off season? Uh, and let's, I mean, quarterback, we clearly is either number one or it's number 35, like number 7,000. So besides that one, wide receiver, cornerback, edge rusher, and probably you know your entire defensive line a little bit brent urban who knows i think they should bring him back he was a nice cheap player clays campbell we'll see if he retires or not justin houston said he wanted to be back kind of i think he had a lot of seemed like he had a lot of fun this season and uh was able to take a ton of snaps early and then save himself late but
1: he said he wanted to be back too i mean
0: yeah i i think he was and he like didn't make a big fuss the ravens threw that tag on him that let basically prevented him from going anywhere and uh he sounded like he was cool with it and he's, he's made really nice comments about the Ravens. So I of just need those ancillary players, you know, offensive line, left guard, whatever, but everywhere else and in Harbaugh's comments, he was like, offensively, we feel like we have the tight ends. We have the offensive line and we have the running backs. And now it's time to build the wide receiver room. And he said, we have some guys that'll still be here, but you know, they're going to have to bring in outside help. So what does that look like? Who is it? Why did they just like get Marvin Jones two years ago or something? I don't know, but. Yeah, it's
1: like you got to with all these other positions like at this point you, Mike McDonald great year people were singing his praises after that playoff game rightfully so at this point you got to ask him to figure it out at cornerback and defensive line a little bit and then whoever's going to be the offensive coordinator you got to fucking help them out like you got to give him a you got to give him a cupboard to work with a little bit here like I'm sorry but it's just it's time.
0: Yeah and again the the moves they made I mean. The way they're looking they basically have completed their football like cornerback two is not that big of a deal when you have marcus williams and kyle hamilton and marlon humphrey like you have marlon humphrey
1: and a fourth round pick from last year waiting in the wings that didn't get to do anything this year like
0: right so they'll bring back anthony Averett, whatever like whatever fuller whatever bring get a, get a cheap vet whatever william jackson whatever so I agree. ZJ um, Ballard, three hundred and ten thoughts, concerns about Lamar being involved in the hiring of the next offensive coordinator. I think this is going to be something that's so blown out of proportion. Like it's probably just like, "Hey, Roman's gone." He's like, "Oh my god, okay, like whatever." And then they're like, "He's like, yeah." They probably end up having more like meta discussions. What do you see yourself being successful in? What does it look like to you? What are there any teams that you watch where it feels like you know that's something you wish that you were. You know, if you feel like you would succeed more, just gentle ideas. Uh, It's not Lamar Jackson's job to decide who to draft. It's not Lamar Jackson's job to decide who his coaches are. He is still relatively young in the grand scheme of things. He's not like Aaron fucking Rogers, you know, whatever, smoking a bunch of God knows what and deciding that he's, you know, making trades and bring back Randall Cobb and whatever other weird shit he did. So, um, it's, it's, you, you make sure that it's in the vein of what Jackson you know sees himself in, but at the end of the day, again, it's just going to be someone who has a strong run game and is going to build play action off of it with a drop-back game. That's why a guy like Slowick from the 49ers makes a ton of sense if uh, if he's willing to take that kind of job. So I don't think it's as serious or as big of a thing as it sounds like. It's just like, what, are they just not going to say anything to Lamar? Like, oh, yeah, we f- like they're not going to tell him they fired Roman. They're not going to say anything or – ask any questions. So I don't know if it's like, like, it's not like Lamar Jackson's like putting his blue light glasses on and getting on his laptop and like searching like top head coach, top offensive coordinator possibilities and like reaching out to them or something.
1: I think you're wrong. I think he's calling meetings. I think he is getting up on the whiteboard. He is absolutely, uh, absolutely. And in
0: Doss for the next offensive coordinator of the Ravens,
1: actually RG three after his rookie year, he, he pulled, speaking of Shannon, he pulled him and his, his dad into the room and he went up to the whiteboard and he pulled a marker out and he wrote on the board. And Dan Snyder was in the room too, sitting in the corner, and he wrote, change things, one, change our protection, unacceptable. That's a real story.
0: I, I yes, but. We, we love RG3. I don't mean, I, I know he's your guy. I don't want to get he, on him. This is our guy. We want him on this podcast very badly. Message, and if you, whenever RG3 tweets, if you're listening to this podcast, tweet, go on Podcast Beatdown.
1: But Marlin, by the way, come on.
0: Let's let's We don't this really up. We don't really want Marlon on this show.
1: We Yeah, that would kind of be like that would I feel like that would that's be That's too
0: on the nose. We want to talk about Marlon Beach Yeah. You, don't, you don't
1: meet Marlon your heroes. Yeah, that's true. Well, we already met him actually,
0: but <laughs> That's true. Rugger 25. Will the Terps football team finish the season in the top 25 with Talia returning for a senior season? I'm going to go with yeah. I like what they're building down in College Park.
1: Yeah, sure. Another another year of a solid recruiting job by Locks and uh yeah, I don't see why not. They were they were frisky last year.
0: Well said Ryan Barrett 32 as a two-parter is the offensive philosophy going to change with the new OC. Do you think it should change? It's going to be less of what it was, but remain the same all at the same time they, they we, again, for the 50th time we've seen Kubiak's iteration, Tressman's iteration, Marty more and wag. I guess more and wag actually might be the one where they literally didn't give a shit about running the ball and that offense spiraled out quickly. You've seen all of these ordeals. At the end of the day, Johnny Harbaugh and the Harbaugh family love to run the football, care about running the football. They think it's how you win. They like time of possession. They really like time of possession. That's something they hold near and dear to them. So is the philosophy going to change? No, but who is where can change, and who is where when can change? What situations are you using, guys? What situations guys are, you know, a little bit more spread out? Are you using more of the field? Like the way you attack can change in that same vein of how you exist.
1: Strategy is your overall viewpoint of how you're trying to accomplish a goal. Tactics are how you accomplish the goal. The strategy will remain the same. The tactics
0: will change. Very well said, my esteemed co-host. You think it's gonna oh my God, you think without G Row, it will open up opportunities to snag weapons like D Hop. I think the Ravens always, again, always like third contract receivers. They always like the 29-year-old. They think that the 29-year-old's value is just as good as the 26-year-olds, or very close and a lot cheaper. So we're we're all gonna be screaming about DeAndre Hopkins. I don't know. Maybe the Ravens go full like opposite of what they've ever done. We hear Eric DeCosta saying that the best one of the best Ravens draft classes was when they had four picks. It was McAllister. Stokely, Mulatalo, and whoever the fourth was, and then he asked Jamison Hensley if he knew, and he did not, and neither did Gagasta. So maybe they're willing to deal with that first-round pick and, and go after the top G after whoever, but I don't know. I know I knew you'd like that one.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's a road we don't have to go down, but uh, I, I do like it.
0: Joe knows the spot. Biggest upside to Linderbaum playing offensive line as a rookie is the definition of drinking from a fire hose. You are playing guys that are so much quicker, so much smarter and are grown men with big beards and rumbling on through you. And for him to be able to get up into guys pads and do the things he did like DJ reader in a playoff game was busting him down a couple times and still being able to respond and wash him out and get downfield and fight. He is a scrapper. He is a gamer To be an undersized center, he can get after it. Um, I think that the mental, the easiest way for him to be a better pass protector is just to be a little bit quicker mentally. And it was a strength in college, you know, being able to pick up and be explosive as a pass protector, especially helping out, keeping his head on a swivel, those things. Uh, I think that the mental side of the game was obviously a good bit, but the kid doesn't even have like a mustache yet. So give him a beard and I think he's going to be a badass. I was not very high on taking him at 14. That was kind of my like, Death wish was taking a center at 14 when a guy like Creed Humphrey went in the second round and getting him at 25. I was a little bit indifferent towards, but I'm I'm happy they ended up doing that and probably definitely one of the better players they could have walked away with. And I do think he does have an all pro trajectory. You don't see guys come in and dominate in the run game the way that he did as a, as a rookie center.
1: Yeah. Really didn't have his his name called in the passing game too much uh, either, which is good. Uh, one thing it's like the, he had a couple errant snaps, which I thought I thought we were done with. He had the one against the Giants and then the one in the Bengals game, which uh, Huntley actually turned that into something. But let's just – let's let's have – this is my – That happens,
0: re- though. Like, you snap the ball a thousand times in a year. Like, they're not all perfect. No This, one is, goes this is my reach goal. He
1: had two. Let's have one next year.
0: All right. All right. All right. Pat McCary was like – 91% of his snaps were good. Linderbaum was like 99% of his snaps were good.
1: Yeah, that's fine. I'm just, I'm scarred from, the, from yeah, McCary, yeah, from Skura a little me, bit. Me, it's me, like.
0: Me, 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 me. Alex Meerman. Who do you wow. want to be? Oh, I right. already did that one. Uh, Would Matt Weiss be more of the same? Will the pending investigation affect his chance? I mean, it's hard to say the pending investigation won't affect his chance. Oh, uh, yeah. Some sort I think... of modern mafia shit up there in Ann Arbor.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it'll affect his chances. I think. uh I don't know. He might be p- placed on a little bit of an administrative leave here by Jim, and then hopefully everyone will have forgotten about it in a year's time, and he can quietly make his way back into the staff and just kind of start grinding, grinding away at the tape again, sleeping in the office. Eighteen, you know, being there eighteen hours a day.
0: Would Matt Weiss be more of the same? No, I don't think he'd be more of the same. I think I think they would do a little bit more under center stuff with uh, with Matt Weiss. That's that's Jim Harbaugh's big influence. I am Jay Richter. One schematic adjustment that teams will take. Going into 2023, I think we see like two or three more teams incorporate a fullback into what they do. A little bit, a little bit more under center, a little bit more of uh trying to get those those two high structures to to bend and fold. I hear you. C Corn, does Urban deserve a shot at OC? I mean, sure, he deserves an interview, whatever, but it's like I feel like if he was the guy, he would have already been the guy.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm I was just kind of thinking that as you were saying it. Like he's been there all this time. Like there's been not quite to this level, but there has been victory all against Roman before. Like if you really wanted to make that movie, you could have done it like over a year ago at this point.
0: There are an unbelievable amount of DeAndre Hopkins questions in this <laughs> in this mailbag. It is like, wow. I got to a I got to a point where it's like six out of like fifteen. Um, what's the price for D Hop to Baltimore? The cries for D Hop to Baltimore are loud and clear, but is he actually most likely wide receiver addition. What would it take to get DeAndre Hopkins? Do you guys think DeAndre Hopkins would actually be a value? I saw now this. That Roman's gone. Do you think DeAndre Hopkins would want to come to Baltimore? Wow.
1: I saw this floated and I liked it. Uh the not having the second round pick thing. We were talking about how that hurt. How about the Ravens? You know, they don't, they don't do the first round pick thing. We've talked about that, but how about they send their first round pick Cardinals send Hopkins and their second round pick back.
0: I think you could get I think it would be a little bit even more picks involved than that to like really get on your points chart, but I like that a lot. There yeah. you go. You're creative. basically trading back, trading back, consolidating, and walking away with DeAndre Hopkins. Sashi, like Sashi, I
1: know you still have crazy ideas. How about you you know put together a little portfolio book here and walk into walk into EDC's? Room.
0: That's that's kind of like the Orlando Brown deal. Sure. So I like that. A trade back and taking Hopkins would be quite an awesome situation i i love that so let's go with that what would it take to trade for him straight up i don't know man the wide receiver market's crazy amari cooper goes for a fifth round pick because he has a 20 million dollar contract then the cowboys like oh wow we don't have enough receivers meanwhile chase claypool who only has one year left on his deal gets traded for as much as deandre hopkins got traded for when deandre hopkins needed a new contract so i don't know well it you feels can't forget like david johnson are dealing was with a, part a stupid of that gm or a smart gm is the answer so if you're dealing with a stupid GM, it doesn't cost very much. If you're dealing with a smart GM, it costs more. That's that's my best stupid assessment.
1: You are forgetting about the sweetener that was David Johnson. Never forget.
0: David Johnson. Really sweetened that pot up. <laughs> that one messed me up. We got B Rose 931. Uh he wanted to, he wanted he he sent in a song into the mailbag, which how's, I did not even know possible. How's, how's he
1: doing? I feel like he's he gets a little down in the dump sometimes.
0: He well, now you're gonna know I'm gonna play the song.
1: Mm. I don't know what the song is. We're definitely not going to get copyrights. Today was record. a good
0: day by Ice Cube. You know that song. Yeah, I know. I oh, they're
1: okay. listening. They're listening. We don't want to, you
0: know. There we go. Not All that right, I would be copyright ding 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 on us. Very uh, illegally was a, a good fucking good nah song, but any chance the front office? I'm gonna read B. Roses. He's he's always all over the place. We got we like gotta gotta let him vent here in this mailbag. Any chance the front office just hires the next OC like they did with our Lord and Savior Kubiak? And then he said, "What's the likelihood?" Did that okay? A, did
1: that actually happen? Can we can we break that down right now? Because I'm seeing a lot of like Harbaugh didn't hire Harbaugh didn't hire Kubiak. Just I I just feel like that's people trying to discredit Harbaugh's hiring rec, track record with Kubiak.
0: I don't know. I don't remember what happened. I don't remember.
1: Neither do I, but like people talk about it in such certainty of like, oh, well, Harbaugh didn't hire Kubiak, but he did hire Tressman, and he did hire all the, he hired all the shitty ones, but the one good one he didn't hire. But
0: then who hired him?
1: I don't know. That's what I'm, I'm like. What are we doing here? Like, okay, I'm listen, I might be wrong. Tweet at me with whatever Ian Rappaport, NFL.com story from 2014 you can find. I will readily, readily take the hit there. It has to be concrete, though. I'm not taking, like, rumors or, like, anything. I I don't want RSR message boards from 10 years ago telling me all about how the front office hired him and not Harbaugh. But
0: Gary Kubiak was an unexpected last-minute hire to many outsiders. His hiring came as a bit of surprise. He was not initially identified by Coach Harbaugh as a candidate, but emerged late in the process. Harbaugh said within the last week, it came fully apparent that this was a chance to be fit for both coaches, and we were able to finish it up this weekend happily. So Harbaugh didn't initially identify him. So that means that Harbaugh sucks, Okay. and they should fire him.
1: Okay. I mean, they, yeah, maybe that's – you're half right, I guess, people. But it, it's like, come on. They still,
0: they still hired him. It's, it's Whatever. Uh, and then he said, what's the likelihood B. Steve takes a leap and becomes cornerback two next year? I think pretty high. I mean, I like what I saw from him. I think his technique was super clean, and especially in trail tech, uh, his hips are outstanding. I think he's got good feet, ultra-physical, that four-star running back frame, and I like Brandon Stevens a lot. I don't know that he's a very natural ball production guy in the sense of um, really trying to make plays for interceptions, but that's something that could come a little bit and, and ask him to vision a little more. I think with another full offseason, him getting more reps in zone or just being able to have vision to the ball, those could come. So I think, Pretty high. I was really disappointed that, uh, and I'm sure he was ten billion times more disappointed that he got sick. I uh, wanted to see if he could kind of integrate into that game a little bit. I think he matches up with, I mean, he matched up with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and all kinds of guys. I think he's a really good physical cornerback uh, to be able to go press and still needs still needs reps to experience things in zone. But I, I like that question and I like Brandon Stevens a lot as a cheap in house option that I think will get overlooked. As we're going to talk many, many, many times about yeah. quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> he's, uh he's a he's I think he's a little volatile. You know, he can give up the like big play kind of kind of randomly here and there. Uh, but he also he I feel like he may has some really good reps. He doesn't like make big plays. That's the wrong way to put it. But he has good technique. He stays uh, stays with the play hundred percent. So I do like what I've seen from him for sure. I think people rag on him a little bit uh, too hard sometimes. Solid kind of rotational guy.
0: Adam Jones, 357, the five time gold glover. Would you rather draft a wide receiver or trade the first for D Hop or more? I mean, I'm in love with what you presented, Jake. I think that the trade, trade up, trade back and acquire a player scenario is the perfect fusion to enable the Ravens to still have a nice draft class come in and feel like, you know, they can hit on some guys and get those immediate rotational players. They're just not looking for a ton of starters. So I think that makes the most sense if that opportunity presents itself to, you know, hey, give us three third round picks or what, a second and a third and we'll give you a first and a sixth or something and uh, get those points aligned. So that's, that is my ideal path.
1: Yeah, I think I'm uh, right there with you. I think that would be the the way to go and uh, it'd be interesting like the way the money would work out. Uh, I see somebody in the comments here talking about, yeah, $15 million cap. He
0: wants a Hopkins wants a new contract. Okay.
1: So yeah, if you could just tear it up and like give him like a three year affordable type deal. I I know he likes Lamar. So like if Lamar remains in the picture, like I think they would enjoy working together. It it just, that that feels like a move that makes a lot of sense. It feels kind of like that old school Aussie move, but like even better a little bit, it feels like this would be the best swing at this position since Bolden to me.
0: It's it is it pretty much is the bold move.
1: Yeah, it's almost yeah, almost exactly when you think about it. So
0: very similar. How does Roquan's deal affect PQ's future in Baltimore with him going into year four? I think that to Costa's words, maybe it was unintentional, but I'm taking I'm choosing to take them as intentional. He essentially surmised that they are very happy with Patrick Queen. He is the player or becoming the player that they imagined when they drafted him and I I very much subscribe to that logic myself. Then he also said that we, he's basically said, the Ravens, we are in the business of keeping very good football players. So I think that Patrick Queen playing really well next to Roquan, then you get into the numbers game of it. I think it's like more of an if-then situation than it is, hey, we're not going to do this, or hey, we're going to do this. I think they still have that year We'll see what happens with the fifth year option. Um, I I feel like you could. I honestly feel like at worst case, if you exercise that fifth year option, you can probably trade Patrick Queen for a fifth round pick. Like you can probably get a pick out of him if, uh, like, if you are to exercise that. So that is free and clear. The fifth year option is full salary, so there's no cap hit. So if for some reason they don't want Patrick Queen anymore, I think the best case is to exercise that fifth year. And then act accordingly later. Even though one Vasili Larikos is just absolutely disgusted by the idea of doing that.
1: Yeah, I. It, it, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really see him having a super long term future here. But yeah, if you pick up the fifth year option, don't you know have that cap hit to worry about. Um, yeah, maybe you do ship him off for a pick uh, at some point, and uh, yeah, maybe he can go have a good career elsewhere. He really has developed into a nice player, so.
0: Definitely became a bit of a playmaker this year for them. And I think that's the guys you want to play, you want to consider a playmaker. I think that's kind of like the the most oversimplified way of breaking down who you want to pay. Sid Swayze, potentially already did that one. Um, Love MJ6 brings up a good point again. 10 teams don't have an OC, including us. What are the odds that what we find is better than Greg? I think, that's a, I think that's a straight 50-50. I think that's a pretty straight-up 50-50. Um, considering how many teams are going to be in contact with guys, considering Harbaugh's history of not really bringing in the young upcoming guy, uh, but that's also worked in his favor previously. So I don't know, man. Again, I'm viewing this through the lens of you can pick your ideal offensive coordinator. You can say, oh, I want Andy Reid's offense, but John, as long as John Harbaugh's head coach, it's going to be... Another iteration of running the football, controlling the clock, and pushing the ball downfield. That are their principles under John Harbaugh.
1: Yeah, just, and, you know, got to find a way to innovate on that. It's a tough time to be in the market for one, but uh, I don't know. I, I hope they do find something better because I, I don't know if this fan base will be able to take it. But I don't know. This, this next guy might get the benefit of the doubt for the first, you know, year or so. And then it, it just, it feels weird. Like, it feels like Roman really kind of was a little bit of a victim of his, of his own success to an extent. Like I know he has a history of burning out, but like how often do guys have tangers that long anyway? It kind of feels like a natural progression that he might burn out in certain places. And then, you know, he comes in and he's literally 2019 was his first year. I know people, this is another thing that people say that, Oh, well Roman was basically the coordinator in 2018 with morning there. And it's like, guys, like really, like Mordenweg was the coordinator. Like I I just don't understand where all that came from. It just feels like a little bit of a trying to fit narratives into square peg round hole situation. And then, yeah, you're just, you're kind of destined for a fall off from there. I think he fell off a little bit hard and uh, I don't know. It's just going to be, I think the expectations with this fan base are going to be interesting to watch with whoever they hire here.
0: Probably very, uh, I would imagine a very long leash, especially in year one from the fan base at least, but I don't really, Give a shit what the fan base thinks about the offensive coordinator. Troy T says, 70% chance it is better. The Ravens are a playoff team with most of their roster returning. People will want to be here. Well, the thing about that is that they made the playoffs four out of the last five years, and we're in the divisional round in two of those years. So that's not raising the bar. Fiore Lucas, where do you rank Huntley's fumble among worst heartbreaks in Ravens history? I, was, I really do think when Steve McNair threw that long interception to Antoine Bethea at home against Peyton Manning in a game where you held Peyton Manning out of the end zone and lost, that one I think hurt me a lot worse now that I, I've had some time to reflect. The Palomalu pick six, the obvious Billy Cundiff, which has become you know a staple of the city, this one isn't like
1: I'll, I'll just you're throwing out some good examples. This one doesn't even register in like the near the top tier for me.
0: Yeah, this one was more of like a frustration than a heartbreak. That's yeah, what, I think that's why like, it might, this one it might, it might like, be different for you being
1: it. there. But like for me, it was just like, you know, I didn't expect this team to win. They yeah, st- and I was saying it's funny. I was I was watching the game with Mike and he was like, he was kind of, he was into it. And then he turned over to me. He's like, you're pretty like even keeled right now. I was like, I'm just, I'm not letting this affect me. I'm not. And I legitimately was not, but then they started, uh, it was Silvio. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in uh, when DeMarcus Robbins. When you started
0: to me. let out the initial, like, fuck yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, I did. I I had a an audible jump up, fuck yeah, hurt my knee on the way down. Awesome stuff. And then- um, Off
0: like the Huntley- run or something.
1: Yeah, and then the Huntley run, but then I got the bad feeling when he didn't score as we discussed. I don't know if it was like they're gonna turn the ball over, but I was like this this is not gonna end uh, like this is not gonna end optimally for them. And it very much didn't. I think just for the overall like thing of it, like that was to be fair, like that kind of was the Super Bowl for the season because they were not going to win the Super Bowl with Huntley. I don't right. believe Lamar was going to come back, regardless of what they were saying in that press conference. And yeah, it would have been great to win that one. It would have been great to beat the Bengals and shut those little fuckers up and call that a successful season to an extent. Uh, and you know, it, it didn't happen and that sucks and we'll move on. Like it, it was the wild card round. I, I think, I think it's, it, it doesn't really register for me with like Cundiff and Evans. And I
0: honestly would, another one that I think did like make me way more angry and maybe upset was the San Antonio Holmes 13 to nine. What was that? Charlie batch maybe, or no, that uh, was, that I was, was yeah, I
1: was at that game. That was brutal.
0: Yeah, that one was really bad. Just, just any, really any prime Ray Lewis, Heinz Ward Steelers loss, honestly, hurt me worse than that game will. In the grand scheme of life, um, this one stung, but it didn't leave a, it didn't really leave a, a permanent scar. I don't think because, like you said, and Mark here said, how much of a heartbreaker is it if they just barely get a good prospect at twenty two? So, like, and like you said, in the exact same vein, they weren't going to go beat KC and do all that stuff. You can say any given Sunday, all you want, but like they weren't going to. Um, so with that, that pretty much sums it up. Um, the, the last one we had here was who will be the next offensive coordinator and will Lamar Jackson be the starting quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens in 2023? I'm just going to keep going with my stupid one, which is Anthony Lynn, who's on the 49er staff right here. That is my best pick that doesn't threaten Harbaugh that likes to run the football who actually did follow up Greg Roman from within that same staff in Buffalo, ended up being Anthony Lynn. Um, I think that if Harbaugh is the one that really is in full control here, that's my best guess. And I don't think that he is. I think behind the scenes, DaCosta and Bashadi are like, not this time, Johnny Boy. We're, we're taking the offense in a little bit of a different direction here this time. So um, that's my best guess. Will Lamar Jackson be quarterback in 2023 for the Baltimore Ravens? Yes, is my best guess. Yes, I think because if nothing else, the Ravens are so stubborn that they will not shift from wanting their original plan to be executed. They are process oriented, they are proudly process oriented, literally saying that time and time again. We value the process. So That makes me say yes, but I I still don't feel good about it. I think it might almost depend more on is someone willing to offer three firsts and a second and a third and a fourth and two players or something like that. Then that makes you think. So um, I don't know. Without having an agent, I think getting that kind of value makes it a little weird. I think the agents help facilitate those kinds of things a lot more than people realize. Facilitating a new deal with a new team – considering how long it's taken between the Ravens and Lamar. And maybe this has all just been for naught, and it's stupid. And the entire time, Lamar knew that he had the Ravens up against the wall and held the leverage of the entire situation, and that's all it fucking was. Him thinking, I'll just take my time. I'm not going to rush back from injury. They're going to pay me. This team, I didn't have my top guy anyway. Whatever. So I'm going to go with yes.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I don't know what to feel either. I don't feel great about it. I'll just speak with my heart and say, yes, I want him back. I don't care about first round picks. I don't care about the cap space that he's going to eat up, whatever. He's just, he's the guy he's been incredible to watch. I think, you know, no matter what reports have come out, you know, maybe he's made some, you know, immature decisions or whatever over the years. I don't think any of it should be irreconcilable. I think it's something that should be solved by sitting around a coffee table or something and just saying and just mapping out the future and saying, you know what, if you want to do this, we're good with it. Can you meet us halfway a little bit? Can you make some concessions on certain things? Um, and you know, make this make this a new era and grow up a little bit and become like the the general of this team, become like the the face of this franchise in an even bigger and better way. And uh, you know, my heart tells me that that can happen. My brain tells me I don't know what's going to happen. I'm leaning 50-50, but I will speak with my heart and say yes, and I will speak with my heart and say, Slowick. I'm going to go with my shanty tree for the offensive coordinator.
0: My Shanny tree, my shanty tree. I think you make a good point. It's time to grow up on both sides. Um, and it's, it's, you know, if you're getting – if you have $200 million to your name, you – and I'm not saying anything about Lamar Jackson as a person, but it's got to – you got to shift a little bit into being – the grown ass man leader community. Like you become the city of Baltimore with a $200 million contract. You are the philanthropist. You are you know, like the Bashatis just delved out $20 million. You're not the second richest guy in Baltimore, but you're the richest guy in Baltimore aside from the owners of the teams face wise that people see and know. So that connects you with a place and um, would hope that that makes you you want to pay someone that paying them makes them want to work harder, want to be better, all of those kinds of things. And from everything that everyone's always said, we don't know Lamar Jackson personally, we can hear whispers and shitty things and things that have gone awry, but from everything that everyone says, he's a good person. He wants to be a good person. His mother raised him well. And all of those very nice stories we've heard. So uh, paying him, hopefully ties him to the city even more, ties him to the organization even more and gives him that sense of leadership and, uh, wanting to to win for the city even more so. So if that's the case, that's someone that you want to pay, and you want to pay him anyway because he has beat Josh Allen. He has beat Patrick Mahomes. He can beat anyone any given Sunday at any time. He's that talented. He's that good. And many people think, and I would tend to agree, that there is still a better version. While it might not be the metrics and the efficiency and the EPA and shit, it might be a better football player and a more dangerous talent I mean, the first we four
1: weeks stuff. of the season, I mean, the the Miami game and the New England game are as good as I think I've ever seen him play. And that was this season. Like, he's still in there. He can still be in there. And it's like, if I'm... You a
0: Jackson 5 this year.
1: Yeah. And it's like, and if I'm Costa, it's like, you know, you sit him down and say, hey, if you're willing to meet me a little bit here on the money, like, I will give it to you. And guess what? Like, give this to me. It's like, not, this- I
0: feel like it, when, it's, when we're talking about this volume of money, like, it has to be Bashadi. Like, sure. And it's
1: like, yeah, have Bashadi sit down. EDC is because, doing
0: his bidding more or less to a degree. Like Bashati's feeding it to him, and then EDC's job is to deliver what Bishotti And wants. Bishotti,
1: and Bashati has connected really well with players at times. He connected with Chris McAllister over his issues with alcohol, which is way more serious than anything Lamar has dealt with. And have Bashadi sit down and say like, hey, like, I'm willing to give you this. Guess what, though? This is not going to change. This money will not change you. It is going to make you more of who you really are. Who are you? And like, let's give you this money, and then you go be that person. And I trust that you're going to be the best version of yourself. And I think that will be, you know, that will be exactly what you need to hear.
0: You're you're elevating into a different stratosphere with that money, and it doesn't matter how much money it even is. It doesn't matter if it's what they already offered him or not. That is such a serious commitment. That's why, in the end, I do think he is for the Ravens to genuinely, according to Jake Lazor, and another key takeaway from today's press conference to kind of cap us off here. DaCosta said he's really proud of how private the negotiation has been and how little has come out. It's snuck in a shot at only, the
1: NFLPA there, too. Which is yeah, great. Got
0: a snuck in a little shot at the NFLPA for using. And I feel like that's probably the message that the Ravens want to get across him. Like, don't let them use you for what they want. What do you want? What makes you happy? Like, all of those kinds of things. So it's, it's a difficult, weird, long conversation. But for him to take so much pride outwardly in the privacy of it and for them to have already made that offer, I just don't. That's the really prevailing feeling that I have. I have had theories about, hey, maybe the Ravens didn't want Lamar Jackson to suit up actually because, hey, maybe there's a trade already in place, a la Hollywood Brown. Maybe they already have a suitor that has promised them the three first-round picks and two second-round picks and fucking a good player or whatever and that's why he didn't play. I've had all of these conspiracy theories, but again, I think the Ravens are too smart for their own good and too stubborn to change from that path, and if that path led them to offering him the second biggest contract in NFL history, then I think they're willing to continue on up to get their plan and execute their plan because they it feels like they fucking panic if they don't have their plan executed the way that they want to, and that's that's the biggest part of your plan. Yeah, you know, the Ray Rice situation, all that shit, and we saw Boshadi panic. Boshadi outwardly was—he seemed pretty panicked about the Deshaun Watson contract. He felt the need to say words into the air for people to hear about that contract. So, it, once they get into a backpedal, that's how this franchise, I think, can start to spiral a little bit out of being a perennial, you know, perennial contender, perennially playing in the playoffs, never having meaningless games. So. Whatever the fan base wants it. Everybody wants Lamar Jackson to stay in Baltimore. Save for a couple of fucking John Green 16973472s on Twitter or whatever the hell. So get it done. And let's uh let's get this party going.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It just feels like uh I don't know. I I I, I really, really want it to happen. It will be a nice win. You know, you got Roman out of there, um, for better and for worse. And it would just be a really nice way to have just all this drama and all this bullshit of the last two years coming to an end, not with.
0: That's a really good point too. Why? That, that? That's like, that's like the milk. You have to drink milk with cookies because that's the only way you can wash it down all the way.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like, it, it just, it, it's like, what would that have what was all that for? Like all the limbo and all the drama and all that nonsense. It's like, we all hung on. And it's not like we weren't going to watch the team, but we all, you know, hung on and held hope that like it was going to get done because that's just kind of what you do. And it would be nice. uh, Shout out to um, shout out to the dark Knight. It would be nice. You know, sometimes, you know, the truth isn't good enough. Sometimes people deserve to have their faith rewarded. So let's reward my faith here. Boom. Anything else?
0: I think that was too eloquent of a quote for me to say anything else. Sometimes the truth isn't good enough. Sometimes people just. Oh, all right, now you fucking ruin it. Now you ruin it. Now rewarded. rewarded. Now you ruin it.
1: Just that makes that ending makes me cry every time. So good. Um. That's it
0: for the that's it. Get a coordinator that is just a little bit, little bit more balanced in terms of being able to do it all. As I've repeated a thousand times, the best offense is every offense. So, run every fucking offense. You have a quarterback in place and. It would feel quite stupid to squander Lamar Jackson. It uh, would feel quite stupid to have someone again that can beat those guys and not keep him if it's within your capability. So,
1: yeah, agreed. It would feel like a squandering.
0: Slowick Jackson, twenty twenty three, and that, and is,
1: that is what we can end it on. Thank you guys for listening and for everyone for contributing. Nice, nice beefy mailbag here. I feel like we're at a good clip with these now. We're not doing them too often. We're not maybe doing the
0: most too- comments we've ever had in a live stream.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people watch 84 people watching right now. It's pretty solid numbers. Um, and yeah, appreciate everyone who tuned in live. Everyone listening on the podcast feed uh, here probably on Friday is what I would guess. Uh, and yeah, appreciate you all. This was a, uh, I think a really good way to end the 2022 season. Uh, moving on from Roman and kind of sending a positive message about what you want to do with this offense. And then the presser, uh, I don't know. I just thought both guys did a good job. They struck a good tone. Uh, They weren't too combative. They weren't too dismissive. I thought it was just, you know, they, they they did a nice job overall. And uh, I think the Ravens, despite what some people might think, I think the Ravens are in good hands with those two guys that we heard from today. Uh, And from these two guys you just heard from a sincere thanks for listening yet again. Thanks for all the interaction keep it going. We're going to keep this thing rolling as we always do. It's going to be a great off season. going to be a lot of fun, regardless of what happens. You can find us and follow us doing so on social media at podcast Beatdown on Twitter. I am at Jake Luke. That is L O U Q U E Spencer's uh, at Ravens Four dummies. That's the number four in the middle there. Uh, thanks again, guys for listening. And we will talk to you again very soon. See ya. Where is the
0: wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age?
1: Get, get, get that! Baltimore!
0: What are they getting? Everything out of me. They're going to get a Super Bowl out of me.